LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler will be catalysts to Baylor competing for a national championship, but are they okay? Are they even healthy? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears alongside Brandon McKinnon from Our Daily Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Brandon, LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler. The last time Baylor played basketball, which was a long time ago, by the way. This feels, it's a 12-day gap. It feels kind of funky in the middle of the year. There's usually one of these. Uh, We didn't see LJ Cryer. We didn't see Adam Flagler coming out of that Gonzaga game and Based on both of them being hurt last season, not what you want to see as a Baylor fan when arguably two of your three best players are are already sitting within the first 10-ish games of the season. Yeah, you know, the 12-day gap around finals is always kind of a pain. Um, As a fan, yes. Yeah, you respect it um, from a student-athlete standpoint, but as a fan, it's like, we didn't have basketball since March, April. Now it's gone again for a week and a half. What yeah. now? Um, but no, I, I, everything that I think I've seen on Twitter heard is that Flagler and it was, you know, the coaches talked about it out with an illness um, was actually sick during the Gonzaga game as well. Um, and so nothing like no crazy cause for concern. Anytime you hear illness, I feel like people still have the 2020 PTSD of are we shutting the team down or whatever, but I don't think it was really that big of a deal. And then I think LJ went, you know, just woke up and had a tight back, um, after the Gonzaga game. So also didn't play against Tarleton. Um, so I, I, I'm not super concerned, but I agree with you that when you have these two guys that are going to be pivotal for your success in a team that's guard driven um not play that that is tough and and was concerning when you're scrolling twitter and you're like langston and dale are starting you like feel like we've been here before but um the good news is that those guys played well and showed flashes and i mean dale had done that all last year too but it was good to see langston get a lot of minutes it was interesting to me that and look it's tough to to get too worried too fast about something like this when you understand that it's a gruel of a season and Baylor's playing Tarleton State had it been a top 25 matchup and both those guys are missing you're really considering okay are are how serious could these be so I mean you're playing an easier team got a 12-day break coming up why not give these guys a night off which it felt like hopefully was the case seems like it was but you're right Dale Bonner steps up you get Langston Love steps up I was, it felt like that's the first time we've got the Langston love that we were advertised. Yeah, I 100% feel that way. I mean, you saw the play in the Gonzaga game when Dale hit him on the fast break on the no-look pass and Langston dunked. And there were still other flashes in the Gonzaga game where Langston looked, I thought, good and had his legs about him. Really, it was the first time he hasn't had a knee brace on, and whether yeah. that's a mental thing or truly is a hindrance in mobility, which I would imagine it would be. Um, but he looked incredible um, last Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> it's already been you know like a long time ago. Over a week, yeah. Over a week, but he he looked really good, um, and he he showed. I felt like a calmness about him when stuff was hitting the fan early in that game. Um, he kept us in, and I thought he I thought he looked outstanding. Yeah, I the Gonzaga game, you're right, felt the the launch pad into what you would get from Langston Love against Tarleton State. Uh, so to know that right now, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, both okay. 
it makes my heart happy and my soul. Yeah. Because last yeah. season, it was game in and game out. Okay, is this the game that LJ Cryer is back? Is this the game that Adam Flagler is 100%? And as good as Langston Love was, as good as D.L. Bonner was, without Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer, I don't think this team is a national championship caliber basketball team. Yeah, I agree. It's also fun that we've gotten five minutes into this pod and haven't said Keontae George, <laughs> just to point to the depth That's of the roster. Right. Um, but no, I agree. I think last year, if you think back to it, it was almost a shock when LJ did play. Like he played in that tech game on the road and he went off. Like he was yeah. picked up right where he left off from three. So it was almost strange. It, I mean, it, it, I think. I, I have zero insight. I don't know this, but it seems like it was gamesmanship from the coaching staff of like LJ's day to day. Is he going to play? But I mean, I think realistically he was shut down when, you know, immediately after the season, he has surgery on both of his feet, but he's back. And I think it's good to know that the injury that held him out this past week was not affiliated with any of the lingering effects from Bingo. surgery. Great point. Your, your back is pretty far from your feet. Not a doctor, only took astronomy at Baylor, got a C, but that is something that I'm confident in saying. To your point, my heart is happy. I think they'll be back uh, Sunday against Washington State. Brandon, this is, and we're going to get more into this in the second segment, but I mentioned there how without those two guys, I don't think Baylor's a national championship caliber team. And that's what took them out of even making the Sweet 16 last year was just this onslaught of injuries that held Baylor back from having a deep roster, the one that they do this season. Uh, is this, with a healthy Adam Flagler and Keontae George, you're staring down a team that is... I don't, it's not historic, obviously, but as low as you've really gotten them the last couple of years in Ken Palm or Haslametrics, it feels like a team that a lot of national media members don't consider to currently be a national championship contender. The ship's not sinking, but I'm confused as to why the hype on this team has died so quickly. I, I think strangely enough, it starts with the defensive side of the, of the ball, honestly, yeah. because if even when we fell to, you know, 16 in Kempom or whatever it was immediately after the Marquette game, which I still don't want you to ever talk about on locked on Baylor, <laughs> um, which is also why we didn't pot about it. Yeah. Um, like we were scheduled we were, for that episode and it was and, just and I replied and said, I'm sad. We're not doing this. That was on me. Um, but Ken Palm still had us like number three offensively but we yeah. were in the forties on defense. So I think that's why a lot of the national media isn't giving us the same praise that we were getting preseason. I think they assumed everybody's going to come in same Scott drew defense, you know, you know, basically Jalen bridges will be Jeremy Sohan and like, you know, Caleb yeah. Lohner will be the same, like a Mark vital equivalent. And like the pieces are there and make sense, but it's going to take time. I mean, we're still, you know, a month into the season. I'm not super stressed out about it, but the national media is going to react because they have to vote on top 25 teams every week. And right mm -hmm. now Baylor isn't in the top 10 people are saying the sky is falling and we're ranked 12. Like think about where we are it, and it's December. It's going to be all right. Sky is not falling yet. At least um, there is, there is the loss to Marquette. Yes, Brandon. And we, we can, we can touch on it for a couple minutes to end the first segment since we haven't talked about it if you want to or we can move on i'm it was inevitable that it would at least have been brought up um yeah. we don't have to deep dive into that one we have tried not to on this podcast there is the win against gonzaga there's the mm -hmm. win against ucla there are quality wins across the schedule the loss to marquette as bad as it was is the reason baylor is at 12 i the defense yes you really get the details but the loss of virginia who's you know Virginia right now, they are, yeah, they are the team. 
that is not going to drop you to where to where Baylor currently sits. So it's the loss to Marquette that puts yeah. you at 12. And if you I I don't know if I just am a glutton for punishment or was it, it was towing the line of wanting to make myself feel better or justifying why this happened and this won't happen again. The Marquette, yes, our defense didn't rotate great. Yes, our offense got stagnant. Like those things are true, which probably led to some of this output. But mm. Marquette legitimately shot double digit points better from three, two, and the free throw line in that game than yeah. their season average. And it's like you're a 30% shooting three point team and you shot 48%. You're, you know, you shoot 65% from the free throw line before that game and you shot 81%. Like, Everything went wrong, and it's like I would rather that happen in November than in February. So I, I've moved on. I dove into the stats. I rewatched the game, and I was just like, "This isn't going to happen again." Yeah, I we eulogized it. We said goodbye. Moved on. Beat Gonzaga. Erase the Marquette game, and now yep. move into nearing conference play. This team's as close to conference play basically as they are to their last game that they played. It feels like at least this yeah. is such a long gap. Uh, and that's something, Brandon, that I, I want to preview a little bit. Just the outlook on what is good, what is not so good, who is good, who needs to step it up, getting into Big 12 play. But first, tell everybody at home that one of our newer sponsors at Locked On, NHTSA, uh, and, and really a call to drive safe these holidays because that's when typically you have a lot of drunk driving accidents, maybe hanging out with some friends, putting back a few beers. A few becomes too many. The evening comes to an end, and you, you think about calling for a ride, but you decide to drive. What are the odds you get pulled over? And if you do, what's the worst could happen? Well, your insurance could go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job, total your car, or you could even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic, often deadly. However, it still doesn't stop everyone from doing it and driving under the influence. It's why police and officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads in order to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. Only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Don't forget, drive sober or get pulled over. Brandon, as we head into conference play, Keontae George, yes. Adam Flagler, a healthy, not sick Adam Flagler, yes. LJ Cryer, a healthy, back is okay LJ Cryer, yes. Then the rest of this team, it's like, all right, any given night, this could be the guy that steps up and gives you 20 points, or or maybe not. There's your three consistent guys. The rest of this roster is a question mark. Not in the worst way, but looking at consistency-wise, you've got three guys. Past that, it could be anybody. And and that could be a great thing. But yeah. you saw in like the Marquette game, it can also kill you. Yeah, I I think I think there will be more nights where it is a great thing mm-hmm. than there will be nights where it kills us. And yeah. And honestly, I think that it's going it's going to be really exciting to see because it also might be rare that we get all three of those guys that go for 20, yeah. you know, that that's unlikely, but Probably when two they of, do two of the three, but when they do it's flamethrowers on arms, it's wild. Um, but I think, I think it's going to be, you know, like Jalen bridges started the season shooting really well, playing really efficient offense had a, has had a little bit of a slump. I wouldn't be surprised if he bounces back. Yeah. Caleb Lohner, when you play with that level of a motor, the ball's going to find you. Good things are going to happen. Langston Love, we saw what he can do against Tarleton and flashes against Gonzaga. Dale Bonner, like Scott Drew, you and I were in a post-game press conference, and Scott talked about 
how Dale is one of the best three-point shooters at practice, and now we're starting to see it translate to the game. We saw it yeah. in Global Jam. Like We have all of these guys who on any given night could be the supplementary scorer, or quite frankly, Keontae is as good of a distributor and Adam is as good of a distributor. They could be a primary option on offense and, and really give defenses headaches. Um, I think it would be great to see some additional offensive production out of Josh Ojanwuna. Um, he's shown that he has great ball skills. He knocked down a couple mid-range jumpers in the last few games. Um, that would be, you know, a huge plus. And then Flo is going to do his thing on the offensive class. Um, so I think it's just going to come down to defensive consistency because the offensive talent's there. It's there, without a doubt. The defense, less there. And you've alluded to that. Why? What is what? And you alluded to this is Scott Drew team. That's where the defense is supposed to be in college basketball. These teams like your Tony Bennett's, your Scott Drews, uh, formerly Jay Wright's are going to go out there and just be in your face. Mm -hmm. There's not been a lot of that this season. Yeah, I I went back and rewatched some games early from last year as well, just because I have nothing better to do with my life. Um, And and there was I mean, we had that outstanding defensive performance against Villanova, but that came in late December, mid to yeah. late December. Um, and in some of the non-conference games, there were times where the defense didn't look connected. And I think it's the, it's going to be the nature of our program moving forward, where we're going to have some one and done guys. Like we're going to have more turnover in a good way than we did previously. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, our lineup isn't going to be Jared, Maceo, Davion, Mark, Flo, guys that have been there for, 12 years you know like and and so it's going to take time to learn the system um and i also think that i i'm hesitant to say this is not an indictment on the current coaching staff but i think that there's a lot to be said about jerome tang not being on the bench anymore as well Mm -hmm. um and it's just growing pains all around and i i'm it's not a cause for concern but i think that those could be some of the reasons what do you think yeah you're seeing a really good kansas state defense you're seeing a really yeah. good Kansas State basketball team. And again, I don't think that's say anything against the current coaching staff. I, I I am a believer that Scott Drew and Jerome Tang is basically a one-for-one. One. Those two guys are so similar, and they should be. They worked together for 20 years that Kansas State basically has Scott Drew on their sidelines. I mean, that's that's your one-for-one. Your one. And if Jerome Tang is at Kansas State for 20 years, I'm confident he'll do what Scott Drew did and win a national championship at some point along the way. That's 20 years to work with, but I think he's that caliber of a coach. You now take that off of the Baylor bench, it's going to have an effect on this team. Now, there's plenty of confidence in John Jacobs and Alan Brooks III, the entire, the entire coaching staff right now, but yeah, you take out a pivotal cog in what these players are used to and a, a pivotal cog in development like Keontae George doesn't get to play under Jerome Tang. That's something that I haven't really considered, but he never got to coach the kid. That's weird. That's like weird. 20 years of Baylor basketball, that's yeah. never been the case for a single player. Yeah. No, and I you need to title the pod Kansas State National Champion 2042. <laughs> In the next two decades. Unlocked on Baylor. Jerome, um, I've given you 20 years. Jerome's a yeah. close friend. I've given you 20 years of a buffer here, man. Yeah. No. Um it is strange, but I do think that that we still have one of the best coaching staffs in the country, um, and that's why so many people want to come play here. Transfers, for, you know, high school kids. I'm not. I'm not concerned about the coaching staff. That was not what I was saying by the drum tank comment. I'm just no. saying, to your point, the caliber of coach that has left could be a reason why the defense isn't as connected. It also could just be new, fresh faces playing big minutes. Like there's so many things, and I think that this 12 day stretch could be really great for that because. 
although they're not playing a game over the course of 12 days, sure, maybe practices a little bit fewer or whatever to give time for finals, but they're still practicing. Like they, they are smarter basketball minds than we are watch better tape than yeah. we do. Yeah. They are going to make improvements. And I, I would be, I cannot wait to watch this play Sunday. Cause I think it's going to be a very revamped team with 12 days off. It's basically like a mega bye week in the NFL, you know? It is the super bye week. I like mega, actually. It's the mega bye week. Let's go with that. 12 days. Um, Brandon, the next thing I do want to get into is the Washington State game and kind of the outlook as as Baylor gets your 12 days of rest, what you need to see out of that game in a neutral site in Dallas in a classic with a men's and women's team both playing against Pac-12 opponents, which is awesome. If you haven't gotten your tickets, go get your tickets. Do that. It's going to be fun. They're still doing the two for one uh, in certain sections. So. Through Baylor's uh, ticket website, it'll like redirect you to Ticketmaster. And if you buy one seat, put it in the code, get two. Don't know the code. Boom. You go, yeah, go find the code on your own. Yeah, we gave you <laughs> enough information. It's on, it's on their Twitter. I've, I can't teach a man to fish or whatever the saying is. Yeah, he'll fish for a day, something like that, and he'll eat for a year. Ah, whatever. Speaking of whatever, whatever you do right now, go to betonline.net. It's not even close. It's the number one source of sports betting info. Stats news analysis if you don't like the sports bet that's okay that's fine that's fine i understand because you can lose money you can also win money do one or the other 50 percent chance bet online though does it's not just about wagering every professional sport every amateur league it's all right there basketball baseball other sports the world cup they've got it all BetOnline.net. If you love podcasts, they've got podcasts. This is a podcast you're listening to. I'm a podcaster. I've never really thought about that. Somebody's like, oh, you know, what do you do? I've never said I'm a podcaster. I don't think I don't think I like the way that sounds. BetOnline, though, has podcasts that are really good. They're always the fastest, easiest way to get your info. Do it online, on your phone, do it on a computer, everything. It is where the game starts. We've had this conversation before. The game cannot start unless you go to Bet Online. That's why Baylor is not like basketball in 10 days. All right, Brandon. Washington State basketball, the the Wazoo Cougars. All right. Baylor, American Airlines Center on Sunday. I just think it's a cool game. Um, I don't think this is a really good matchup for Washington State, but it's at least like oddly fun and intriguing to me. Although Baylor should probably roll. Yeah, I mean, Washington State's four and five. Um they haven't played a ton of great teams, and and the reason they're four and five is they don't have a great defense. Um, I, I know a team. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know a team. Yeah, no, I know a team that has a great offense that can take advantage of a not great defense. <laughs> um, but I, I and candidly, I've watched like 30 minutes of their tape, so it hasn't been a ton. But they really have like four guys um, that are solid and play big minutes like 35 plus minutes a game they aren't super deep and those four guys will score you know double digits um one guy tj bomba he he's their best player he's a good three-point shooter um but yeah i mean they're not super deep i think it's going to be maybe close at the beginning because anyone is going to be excited to play in an nba arena but i i do think baylor should should come out on top yeah, they've lost UNLV in their last matchup. That one was like four days ago. So, I mean, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the team that sat for 12 days? Do you want to be the team that sat for five days? I, personally, the guy who didn't play basketball past ninth grade, want to be the team that sat for five days. Uh, is there is there a rust factor to you in this game where Baylor comes out and we could see that rejuvenated defense that just pounds Washington State, or you see a team that 
hasn't played in 12 days. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you see these teams play on neutral sites, I mean, think about it's it's why the under first half in every national championship game always hits. Like the offenses always come out weird. The like as dumb as it sounds, like the depth perception in a new stadium, like it all is a factor. So I would like maybe some rust offensively, but I do really think that the defense is going to look good. I really do. Like, I think that defensively will look better. Like it's so pivotal to what we're trying to do on offense to have a good defense, like as dumb as that sounds, but it is like, it's pivotal that we make stops and limit the number of possessions that our opponent has. And, and I, so I expect the defense to look better and there might be some offensive rust, but I expect by like, you know, the second media timeout or something will, will be smoothed out. Are yeah, you going to go? Are you going to drive up to Dallas? You know, I was going to do it because uh, I'm going to be there for the, the state championship. China Spring plays on Friday, tomorrow in the state mm-hmm. championship. Um, so, you know, Saturday, I'm going to see Flatline Calvary at Billy Bob's. So this all leads up to Sunday where I yeah. should just stay and go to the basketball game. I might, you know, I actually might. I've said I'm going to go home, but I might not. We'll see what happens. Also, maybe go to the college football playoff, too. So travel for me in this holiday is going to be nuts. So we're going to see what happens here. Yeah. Um, are you going to go? Are you going to beat the game? So my... Is that another no? We, neither of us are going to the game. What are they, so how are they going to play this? I was planning on going, but then my wife reminded me that we have our final uh, small group leader training with our church on Sunday, and that didn't feel like the best thing to skip to go watch us beat Washington state. I'm looking, I'm looking to save those. Hey, I'm skipping this for like conference games. You know, you're, I'm trying to save those tokens. That's a great point. No, but if you're already going to be up there, I think you should go. I might as well. So I may delay my trip a day to go see Baylor who averages 85 points per game against Washington state who averages 72 Washington state lost three of the last four against UNLV, Utah, and Oregon lost it. I mean, look, Utah and Oregon are bad. Uh, neither of those teams are monumentally good this season. Um, and then UNLV who's also pretty good at basketball this year, but one of those mid-major schools you don't really expect. Like if UNLV beat Baylor, I would feel probably not great about that. Yeah. Um, it just, it's a game where Washington state's overmatched. Baylor has shown what it could do against Gonzaga, where I did think the defense was a lot better. Um, I don't even know. I think in, uh, you mentioned that earlier too. This is why I bring you on for basketball. The defense has shown better, much better strides since that Marquette game. Did you read the story about how EJ, Jonathan Chamochachua stopped the team d- during practice right before the Gonzaga game was like, this is not cutting it guys. Like our defense. Have you read that yet? I have. Yeah. It was wild. Where he's and like, I mean, look, this is not it. Yeah. And I was ready to, you know, run through a wall, but I think in that, that also, I mean, as always, we're about to be all over the place here when I'm on the pod, which is, I guess, fine. I, that is like why I am so happy that EJ stayed and is like continuing his degree stayed around. Like I would love to have him on the court, but that presence in practice on the sidelines is like, it can't be matched. Also speaking of EJ, did you see the video he put on his Instagram? No, what? It was like, he put a video. I don't remember the caption, but I distributed it to like all of my like friends that I have season tickets with and go to games with. And he was like running, jumping, shooting. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I know nothing, but might be, might be close. Most basketball players, they run, they jump, and they shoot. So those are three things that I would really like out of everyday John. Um, yeah. 
That would work for me. I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does yeah. happen, I would be very excited. Uh, Brandon, what is your your kind of your your score outlook here for Baylor Washington State? Um, again, like I already said it, I don't expect this to be a game, but maybe we get one. Yeah, I think so. Washington State turns the ball over fourteen times a game, and it's not great, Brandon. Not great. That's that's one. I'm not going to do the math that that is one every couple of minutes, um, yeah. which is about every, you know, two possessions. If you think about it with like how college basketball is from a shot clock standpoint, 30 seconds. I, I, if the defense is as connected as we're thinking they will be and has tightened up as we think they will, I think that we're going to wreak havoc. I think Baylor is going to win 82 to 65, 17 point win. Mm, I like them. So if the um, spread on Bet Online comes out at anything below 17 points and you like to sports bet, I would suggest taking the Bears. What was the the Villanova game? Because I remember it was just like 43 points they scored or something. Stuck. I was shocked they got to 40. Maybe it was 41. What, what did Baylor have? Like 58? It was or like, something? yeah, in the low 60s, I think. So we're not going to we that. We won by 20 and we scored like 60 points. I remember I wrote a recap and I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then Jay Wright post game was just like, I don't know, guys. I just don't really know. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. So that's a pretty good Villanova team, too. I don't know. Fun memories. Uh, Brandon, if people want to go see your basketball stuff, your just your basketball stuff, where yeah. do they go find your basketball stuff? Yeah, we actually um, today, or depending on when this uh, runs, today, uh-huh. as in the day that we recorded, but a couple of days ago, I suppose, for when this is coming out, it's doesn't coming matter. Out Thursday. Today um, is Thursday. Yes. So today, no, two days ago, I I interviewed Flo and Dale, um, which was really great, and uh, to continue that sit down series that we've been doing with our Daily Bears. So. That's where you can find most of my content, a ton of great basketball content from the Our Daily Bears team at rdailybears.com. Um, and then I tweet it all out at Brandon underscore Mac on Twitter. So it's been great. It's been cool that those guys have been giving us time, uh, especially like now when they're doing finals and practice. So yeah. it was cool to get to know those guys a little better and excited to share it with Baylor fans. Brandon, I love it. Thanks, as always, for coming on the show. Um, pleasure to have you again today. And for all those listening, thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about football, basketball, stuff like that. Coaches, things. I don't know. This has been, always will be, Locked On Baylor. Baylor.